welcome to the Kick Anxiety Naturally podcast. I am Crystal Ray, and I am a holistic anxiety coach who believes the secret to conquering anxiety is through food, feelings, and fitness. I am someone who has struggled with anxiety for my entire life, and I have gone from being extremely fearful to now fearless. This is your show to learn from me and other inspiring experts on how to heal anxiety naturally and let go of your fears. If this sounds like you, then you are in the right spot. I am so happy you are here, and let's get started. Welcome back to another episode with Crystal Ray on Kick Anxiety Naturally. I'm super excited because today I have Kristen with me, and she is a relationship expert. I'm going to pass it over to Kristen, and she's going to tell you more about herself. Oh, thank you so much, Crystal. As you were saying, I am a relationship expert. I am a self-love coach, and I am all about delivering the tough love that you need because I'll be honest, you know, you need a little bit of truth in your life in order to be able to accept responsibility for certain things and to be able to make the changes that you're looking to make. So I really go to work with women on um, establishing that healthy, loving relationship that they want with themselves first, because that relationship is what sets the tone for all their other relationships. I am on a mission to help empower women to really love themselves unapologetically and speak their speak their truth and be in the most happy, fulfilling, kick-ass relationships possible. I absolutely love what you do. And somebody who came out of a toxic relationship, like I truly had to learn to love myself. And that was kind of the secret behind my anxiety, the fact that I wasn't loving myself and that was making my anxiety worse in many type of ways. And it was making my fears bigger. And so I know you have an interesting anxiety story. And so I was wondering if you'd be open to sharing that with us. So it's funny when you had asked me to be on this podcast, it just like immediately brought me back to the first time I ever learned about anxiety or heard about anxiety. And it was actually with my ex-boyfriend. So I had an ex that I was on and off with for about four four and a half years. Um, and he had really massive anxiety. I don't know if he had it when we first started dating. I don't, I don't remember if he did. Um, I think it was something that he developed over the first and second year of us dating. So he would just get these really crazy panic attacks. And I, now let me preface this by saying I grew up in a very strict German household. Things like work ethic were, were some of our primary values. Don't cry about it. Be strong. You know, don't show emotion. Work through it. You know, all those great German characteristics were things that I grew up on and I, I lived on. And those were the things that I saw always as right. That's what you should be doing. And so you can imagine I'm, I'm, I don't know about panic attacks. I'm not an emotional person. Um, and he's having, experiencing these crazy panic attacks. And I'm thinking like, oh, it's such bullshit. Like it's just weakness. Like, and as so many people, I'm probably making so many people cringe right now because that's the judgment that's so much of society has on people with anxiety, right? Um, that they just can't deal with their issues or it's weakness, so on and so forth. So I, I was on the opposite end of that. And I saw it with so much judgment. It was something that we would literally fight about because I would sit there and say, you know, I don't understand. Like, I, I just don't understand. Why are you so stressed out? What, what is doing this to you? Why can't you just overcome this? So it wasn't until about a year later. Now, when I talk about a toxic relationship, there was a lot of controlling behaviors that he started bringing it on to me. 
there was a lot of jealousy and insecurity that he would project onto me. And so these are things that we would, we would fight about quite often, which would cause me to leave. And then like a week later, I'd come back to him, right? It's just that back and forth. And so about a year later, after experiencing his anxiety, I started feeling these like slight panic attacks that would happen at work a lot, or even just like driving or just like little fears that I had. Like I have a fear of getting lost. Um, so one day my GPS took me off this like crazy route and I just like, I started literally pulling out my hair. Like I'm not kidding, physically pulling out my hair. And like, my heart was just going crazy. And I'm like, what is happening to me? I don't understand, you know, controlling behaviors would come out um, from him. And I would just get massive anxiety feeling like I'm just like sh was shoved into this tiny space and I can't get out. And I never experienced a feeling like that before until, and I realized, I didn't know like what it meant until I realized, oh my gosh this is anxiety. Like, this is what he's always explained. This is what I've always heard anxiety is like. And now I have it. Like, what does this mean? Like, what am I, what do I do now? I don't understand. And so from there, it like, it just developed and it would progressively get worse and worse. Ultimately, I ended up ending that relationship because I chose myself. Um, I noticed that I had a real self-love issue. Um, I noticed that he didn't have truly the best interest for me. In me choosing myself and choosing my self-love journey, I was able to end that relationship and um, start to really go to work on my anxiety. You know, I still experience it from time to time. I had an anxiety attack this past weekend. And I know for me, a lot of that stems from my self-love game. When I am ignoring things that I know my soul is calling for, or maybe time off or to myself, or maybe decisions that I have to make. Um, and I'm procrastinating them. That's when it'll really kick in. And so it's a good little reminder for me to come back to myself, keep choosing myself, go back to my self-care routine and, and get back on my self-love journey. Wow. <laughs> quite a story. So much in there. But one thing I do want to touch upon is you bring up toxic relationship. And I was also in a toxic relationship. And I feel like that's something that's so common among women, especially when we're younger. So, you know, after I've gone through one, now I know what to look out for. And I also know what it means to be in a relationship that actually feels good and is loving and is not toxic. But how do you determine that your relationship is toxic? That is such a good, really good question. And my immediate response, my gut response is when that person does not have your best interest. Relationship is just an energy exchange, right? And when that person is just taking and taking and taking and not giving back, I mean, right then and there, I mean, you look at it, um, you're giving so much to that person you fall out of sync with yourself, you lower your value, you lower your self-worth, your self-esteem lowers, um, you start compromising on your values, you know, and you, you lose yourself, right? So a, a toxic relationship, in my opinion, is at any point that um, you find that that person does not have your best interests at heart and they solely are with you um, and want from you for their personal best interest. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And then so what are some controlling behaviors? Because I know as a woman and being in what would be considered battered syndrome, right? Like you're in yeah. this toxic relationship and you're believing that, oh my God, but we have so much fun together. Like I can't let go of this. Like I'm so scared to lose this love because it's so much fun. And then you have the other half of it where you're like, dang, I wish you would stop asking me who I'm talking to. I wish you would stop going through my phone. And you, you're in a relationship where you're experiencing both of those sides of it. Like what does control look like in a relationship? 
when we're talking about signs, right? Um, I would say immediately when you look at codependency where that person, so for me, for instance, I didn't feel whole. I didn't feel like I could stand on my own two feet. Um, I didn't feel like I was smart enough, good enough to do anything unless he was there with me like going to a party or going to an event or anything like that. I'm a naturally outgoing person. Um, but, but being in that relationship, I found myself to be very reliant on, on him um, and on his decisions and on what he thought was good for me, who he thought I was good to talk to, um, you know, where I should be, when I should be there, all of those things, right? I just want to get a little nitty gritty. It's like, if they're going through your Facebook without letting you know, if they're looking for your phone, if they're questioning you to who you're talking with, those are signs to leave. There's no reason why anybody should just do that. So another thing that came to mind was see, making excuses for people, right? Especially when someone is asking you about them, you're always like, no, but it's okay. And you're trying to justify why they're doing their actions. Like you're talking about going into the phone because that happened to me all the time. I would like be changing my passwords all the time. And it was like this game that we would play. The more I become clear of some of the things that I was doing too, you know, because there's, you know, you have to be able to look at what you're doing. Yes, you are a victim of it, but there are also contributing factors where you're not leaving and you're not teaching them to treat you any differently. You know, you're not taking any action to stand up for yourself. And a lot of times, especially when you're in a controlling relationship, you don't realize these things because you are being manipulated to think and act and believe a certain way, especially when it comes to yourself. Because you're lacking that, that love that you need to have for yourself, you're relying on someone else to then give that love to you, right? You're relying on someone else to make you feel worthy. You're relying on someone else to give you your value. Other controlling behaviors, oh gosh, I have like so many that are coming back like flashbacks, not allowing you to leave. Sometimes you need that time as a couple, if you are in a heated argument, to just take a step out and take five minutes and go away. Now, when I was in my controlling relationship, he would never allow me to leave the room. I just wanted space to process my feelings and my emotions and find some clarity in what was going on. So another controlling um, behavior would be just keeping you in a space, right? That you, you can't leave it. You can't go anywhere, right? Because um, again, they want to be able to control everything, not just your thought process. They want to control the external factors around you, your environment, all of that. Thank you for going deeper into that because I think the characteristics definitely just help women or men, like notice what are they in? Because it's really challenging to see what's under your own two feet and getting out of a toxic relationship like that without other people being in your ear, helping you notice that this isn't healthy. Like you were saying before, like you really can't see it. So I'm curious, what was your transition like as you left that relationship? Like, was it difficult at first? Did you have a support system? How did you go about cutting the ties? It happened over the course of a period of a year, I would say, but it also happened all at once. What ended up happening was because of his controlling behaviors, he really didn't like the group of friends that I was around. Now, mind you, I didn't have the best group of friends either. <laughs> I really, when we talk about toxic relationships, I also had very, very toxic relationships with the girlfriends that I surrounded myself with. Um, and I love that he noticed that. I thought that it was great, but it wasn't necessarily because he knew that they were toxic. It was because he 
you know, loved my attention all the time. Um, and I knew that, and I was aware of that. So I started recognizing certain behaviors that my girlfriends would have. And, and it started with them because I started pushing away a lot of these girls that I knew were, um, putting me in bad situations that I knew I shouldn't have been in or questioning, my self-worth, they're questioning my plans for my life and all these things. They were not supportive. So like we were talking about before, they didn't have my best interest. So I started losing friendships. And then I started picking up on these controlling behaviors that he was, um, you know, putting out there. Right. And I started noticing like, why am I justifying this so much? Why? Um, you know, my family was obviously concerned too. If for anyone that's in a toxic relationship and your family is like really expressing, you know, heavily, like you should be out of this, you should be out of this. I know firsthand that you are going to start building resentment against them. You're going to. You think that they have a different perspective. They're, they don't know who he is or who she is for who they truly are. You think you know it better, especially if you're young. You think you know it better. Um, and you're going to start to build a little bit of resentment. And that's what I started doing with my family. I started pushing them away. And I noticed that. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to be doing this. Like, I don't want to feel like I have to bite my tongue and not tell them, you know, what's going on or what's, you know, what's happening in my life and my relationship. But the biggest thing I noticed was um, I was on a weight loss journey. I was looking to lose 30 pounds I had gained in college. As I progressed on this weight loss journey, he would join me, but not really like, like he would be there and show up sometimes, but I was committed. I was consistent in the gym, consistent with my meal plan, and he was constantly trying to sabotage it. I mean, all the buying my favorite candy, buying my favorite food, um, you know, convincing me not to go to the gym, telling me that he loves me heavier and that I'm so curvy and he loves how thick I am and all these things. And there were a lot of times I fell into it. I'm only human, right? Like, again, I wanted his love. I wanted his affection, his appreciation. But the more that I started going to the gym, the more that I started feeling more powerful in my body, because you and I both know how empowering fitness can be, um, the more I started feeling more powerful, the more I started having a mind of my own. And the more I started realizing like, you don't want me to go because of your insecurities. You don't want me to go because you're afraid that if I lose the weight, I'm gonna leave you. That's, you don't have my best interest. So we would literally get into these massive fights about me choosing to gym over him and all these things. And I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Like I'm, I'm getting hotter. Like I'm getting sexier. Why doesn't he love this? I don't, I don't understand. The more that I kept like putting my hand up and being like, no, I'm, I'm not going to listen to you right now. I'm going to go to the gym anyway. I'm not going to eat that right now. I'm going to eat what I have meal planned. The more that I started stepping into my power and the more I started to truly love myself, right? And the less I needed his love. And he knew this. He knew that this was happening. I went to a new gym. This is where it happened all at once. I started doing weight training and I started getting really, really heavy into it. I started losing a lot of weight. One morning, he decided he wanted to lay in bed. I was like, I'm going to go to the gym this morning. So I'm running my sprints on the treadmill and the head trainer there, his name is Brad, comes over to me and I pop my headphone out and literally just says like this, you are doing so awesome. Everyone in here is noticing your progress. And I just want you to know um, that we are all rooting for you and we are so excited for you. And he said it, we, like there was no pitch. There was no like batting eyes at me. There was no flirting. There was nothing more than that. I put my headphone back in and I was finishing my sprints with a huge smile on my face. Now I knew that um, my ex had talked about hiring this guy as his personal trainer. And so of course I get out of the gym. I'm so excited that someone else is recognizing my hard work. I call him up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, babe, like this, you know, that trainer you want to hire just came up to me and was complimenting me. I'm so excited. And he just flips out on me. And he was like, he just wants to sleep with you. I know it, blah, blah, blah. Like just freaks out. And 
a switch just clicked in my head, drove over to his house, sat on his bed. He's yelling at me, patronizing me, all these things. And I just sat there and he just like looks at me and I'll never forget how he looked at me just like with this face full of fear. And he was like, what, what is, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I'm done. And he was like, what do you mean you're done? I was like, I'm really done. Like, I, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Like you can't even be happy for me being happy with myself. You can't love me for loving myself. What kind of relationship is this? I don't want this anymore. I don't want to keep rereading the same chapter. I want to close this book and I want to move on. And he just like got on his knees and was like, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. And it just completely switched. And it was the first time in our entire relationship that I was really like, I, I didn't feel anything anymore. And I walked out of his house feeling the most powerful I've, and the most confident I've ever felt in my life. So yeah, that was the switch to get out of the relationship. Lo and behold, uh, a couple of days later, um, I'd start noticing the guy, the trainer Brad I was talking to you guys about, like we just keep eyeballing each other for whatever reason. There's just like this energy there. Um, and now four years later, we own a house. We have two businesses, a dog, um, and we are in like the happiest, most loving relationship I've ever, I've ever witnessed before. And I'm, I'm so grateful for him every day, but he was the catalyst a little bit to us breaking up. That story just gave me chills. <laughs> so exciting. Like I'm so excited for you. And I love hearing how you stepped into your power and how you've gained self-love. And so I'm curious if you can explain it to all of us. What does life feel like when you love yourself? Oh man, that's such a good question. You can like hear my smile right now, right? Because <laughs> I'll never forget falling asleep next to him and just like literally laying there and being like, is this what I'm going to have for the rest of my life? Like, is this the man I'm going to have babies with? Like, is this what I'm going to go through all the time? Is this going to get worse? Um, you know, am I going to keep settling? And, and so I, I think about where I was all the time and how I walked around, how I felt about myself, how I would look in the mirror at myself. And I can truly compare that um, that feeling and, and identify with it. And I can compare it to now. And I can honestly tell you, it is by far the best feeling better than, I will say better than sex, <laughs> better than sex, like better than I, it, what I would imagine winning the lottery because it's you, you know, it's you at the end of the day, it's you. Um, you know, confidence is a big barrier as to why so many people don't do the things that they've always wanted to do. Don't go after their dreams, right? Um, and when you love yourself, that's when you can lose the weight. You know, my background is in, uh, originally it was in weight loss. And the reason why I switched into coaching and, and self-love and relationships is because all of these girls weren't able to lose the weight because they didn't feel like they valued themselves enough. Because I promise you, when you love yourself, you do question whether or not you need to binge eat right now. When you love yourself, and I'm not saying you won't fall back into it. We all do. It happens. We're all human. You're going to have your moments of weakness. But I promise you from personal experience, you will, you will question it and you will not fall into those same patterns because you'll choose yourself, right? When you love yourself, you um, don't feel the need to constantly get positive feedback or um, need compliments from other people or need their validation all the time because you provide it to yourself because you love yourself. I was at a party last weekend. I wasn't feeling as lean as I would love to feel. And I was wearing a really tight dress too. And I know the, the crowd was a little bit older. So I know I'm walking around in like heels and this kind of tighter dress. And I have like a lot of male attention around me. And in my head, 
you know, I, at first I was like, oh, I wish that I looked better. And like, I chose to love myself in that moment. And I just like started walking. And as I was walking, I was just thinking like, I like just love the body that I'm in right now. Like, I'm so happy that I can rock the way that I look <laughs> with confidence and just be happy about it and not sit here and think like, oh, is this girl looking at me? Like, or, oh, is this guy giving me negative attention? Like, I don't, that noise isn't in my head anymore. Because if you're dealing with insecurity right now, if you're dealing with a self-love issue right now, that shit is so loud in your head. It is so loud all the time. And you are constantly looking for that external validation or you're sitting with your, with your friends like I was before thinking like, are they talking about me behind my back? Do they think that I'm fat? Do they think that I'm stupid? Like, you don't have that anymore when you love yourself. So amazing. So I'm curious, what are your top tips for starting to love yourself again? I have kind of like a process that I work all my clients through. Uh, it's a couple of steps um, that I have them when, when kickstarting their self-love journey. First and foremost, the most important thing is to acknowledge where you're at and accept where you're at, right? Accept the fact that you got yourself into this relationship right? Because that's the first thing that I had to do was no longer identify as the victim. And was I was able to sit there and say, no one forced me into this relationship. Yes, he did manipulate me, but I still stayed. I had many opportunities to leave and then I still stayed. I had many people tell me I should leave and I still stayed. That was the decision, right? He didn't put a gun to my head and say, you have to stay. He didn't. So it's not fair for me to identify as the victim when I had control over leaving. The first thing that's going to give you the freedom to even be able to step into your self-love journey is to acknowledge and to accept where you're at right now. Now, the next step, because I know for all my high achieving women out there and for all my perfectionists, just like me, that you're going to beat the shit out of yourself because you did that, right? So I did that for a long time where I just beat myself up and I thought to myself, well, and one of the bigger reasons why I didn't stay even after I realized I shouldn't be in this relationship is because I thought, well, I'm not good enough for anyone else. Like I don't deserve anything more than this. Like this is what I deserve because I've stayed here for this long. I accept this. It's my fault. So I should stay here. These are my repercussions, right? It's not a matter of you know, once you acknowledge and accept, it doesn't mean now beat yourself up over it. The next step is to now forgive yourself and let yourself off the hook because you are only human. You are only human. We all do this. If you look at every single person, we all have our past. We all have mistakes. We all have things that, you know, we don't want to say we regret, but we do regret, right? And at that time in your life, you didn't know better. You only know what you know. I see a lot of women giving so much compassion and forgiveness to so many other people, but they have such a hard time giving it to themselves. So the second step would be to forgive yourself. Let yourself off the hook. Give yourself that freedom to be able to move on. Because what will happen is if you skip step number two, you're going to come back to step one over and over and over again. I promise you I've been there. <laughs> you're going to come back to step one over and over again, right? So forgive yourself, let yourself go, um, let yourself off the hook. And then step three would be to start your own uh, self-love routine. So I'll have my clients start off with the smallest of things, like very, very small things. And I'll bring affirmations into it, of course. I'll have them design affirmations for themselves and I'll, I'll let them kind of figure out what feels good for them because I'm, I'm not the type of girl that can chant in front of a mirror and be like, I am a millionaire. Like, it's just not, that's just not my thing. I want you to figure out what feels good for you because I think along that process of figuring out what's good for you, 
is where you start to really learn more about yourself and respect yourself and love your opinions, right? Because you're willing to try different stuff, of course. So that helps to cultivate confidence um, in the process. So, so it's important to start with just little small things and maybe it's affirmations or maybe it's just simply having time to yourself. I see so many women, especially moms, especially moms who are working two, three jobs and then have kids and a family to take care of, they don't take any time for themselves. So maybe it's just 10 minutes in the morning. Like you wake up 10 minutes earlier, you sit down on the couch with a book, or you just sit down and you're just with yourself for a second <laughs> with no one else around you, right? So it's just creating small little steps, a small little self-love routine, and then building off of it and building off of it, right? Now you get to a certain point where you know, you start to love yourself more, you start to respect yourself more. And then we get into your relationships. Now, how you start to set boundaries with people, right? Because you, once you start loving yourself, you now have to teach other people how to love you the way you deserve to be loved. And that's on you. Because if someone were to come up to me and they were like, I don't know, disrespectful to me, let's say, uh, somewhere, that's for me to turn around and say, I'm not willing to accept that. You don't talk to me in that way. Setting that boundary right away and letting them know, like, no, I won't accept that. Because if you don't, people will keep doing it over and over again, right? So you really you really have to make sure that you're teaching people once you start to cultivate that self-love, keep it. It is a sacred thing. It's a very powerful thing, obviously. So you have to, and, and once you start sharing it, you have to be mindful of the people that are gonna start taking from you. You have to be willing to set those boundaries. Those tips are incredible. <laughs> Thank you for sharing them. And as we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to see, was there anything else that you wanted to mention or talk about? Something that I missed? You know, I love to be able to tie this um, a little bit into anxiety, right? Because just like I was saying this past uh, weekend, I had my own um, little anxiety attack. And I noticed that it's whenever I'm off of my self-love game is when I start to kind of spiral out of control with anxiety. You know, the biggest piece of advice that I can give all the listeners here is to just be mindful of those things. So if you can look at the three tips that I just gave you, um, this is something that you can pull these tips out at any point that you're feeling anxious, that you're feeling depressed, that you're feeling, um, maybe you're feeling a little introverted. You know, at any point, there's so many different ways. It doesn't necessarily have to just be around your um, relationships or anything like that. It truly can be um, you just sitting down, like I was saying, uh, with my anxiety attack this past weekend, I ran through these three steps. I acknowledged where I was at. I forgave myself for thinking those thoughts. And then I went right into my self-love routine. The things that I know light me up, make me feel really good, make me feel valued um, and show myself that I appreciate and love myself. So the last thing that I wanted to say is that what I've noticed with myself and all of my clients is that when you start truly loving yourself, when you start your own self-love journey, when you start taking better care of yourself, setting your boundaries, um, and really focusing on what makes you feel good, you are not realizing that you are giving so many other people permission to be able to love themselves too right? Because it's in the act of seeing you and watching you become the best version of yourself and truly love your most authentic self and live your truth. You're giving permission and you're letting all these people know what happens when they start to do it too. And so it kind of becomes this really beautiful domino effect, right? So sometimes I remind myself, like, it's not just about me. It's about all the other people that this is impacting as well. So you could think about your daughter. You could think about your sister. You could think about your mom if you're having a hard time just getting motivated on your self-love journey, right? But in you doing this, 
you have no idea the impact that you're having on this world. That's amazing. And I love how you just ended it because I feel a lot of times people feel like they're being selfish by doing self-care, but it's like, you cannot love somebody else until you love yourself. So that is the perfect reminder. Anybody who's interested in staying connected with you, where can they find you? On Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. I do a lot of Insta stories. I always have my dog Odin on there. Um, I do a lot of lives on there too, just giving a lot of content and value to a lot of my viewers. Um, and you can find that at XO Coach K. And you can also find me on my website, which is www.xocoachk.com. Awesome. I will put the links in the episode description so people can also find your information there. But thank you, Kristen, for joining us today. This is incredibly helpful. And I hope that this episode really helps a lot of women out there or men, self-care, self-love, it truly makes a difference and it has an impact on anxiety and it just has an impact on our life. So I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved this episode and really got something out of it. If yes, I would appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And if you would like to connect with me, outside of the podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. My links are in the show notes. Thank you again for being here and I'll catch you next time.